Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking Formula One podcast in what is a very quiet week in the F1 world. I'm sorry, we really don't have much to talk about at all, uh, apart from the small matter of Sebastian Vettel, because, well, he's decided to leave Ferrari. So there is that little bit that we'll probably get on to. But thank you ever so much for joining us. My name is Ben Hocking, of course, alongside me, Samuel Sage and Harry Eid. Um, I mean... Wherever you might be listening, and I know I just want to address one thing from last week. If you were listening, um, you'll know that we did have an application in at Blockbusters for our podcast to be there. Um, unfortunately, that hasn't come through. Um, hit a load of out of offices um, and found that Blockbusters is actually <laughs> no more. So um, you'll have to stick with Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you might be listening. Good news is we have asked Sebastian Vettel to put in a word with us um, at Ferrari. So that might come to something. Do Ferrari host podcasts? Well, they will when they hear ours. <laughs> I've got a backup option, lads. I have been speaking to BHS. Um, so, fingers crossed. Well, keep us updated as to what happens with that. We are looking to widen our sphere of influence. Um, and after Woolworths <laughs> didn't come through, you know, it's, it's a tough world out there. In slightly more serious news, we're going to be talking about Sebastian Vettel because he has decided that him and Ferrari are no more. Um, He's going to be moving on at the end of 2020. We're going to be uh, discussing what is next for Sebastian Vettel. Does he stay in F1? Does he race elsewhere? Does he retire altogether? Um, And we're going to be looking at the most influential vote Uh, today. uh, As we're recording it, Michael Schumacher won. Uh, the bracket that F1 have done to decide who is the most influential person in the history of F1. We're going to be putting our own input into that debate. But first, Sam, I'll throw it to you. What was your initial reaction to Sebastian Vettel? Ferrari is a done deal, not happening anymore. Well, folks, if you're enjoying that crazy intro in the chat we're about to give you, then turn on your sub-woofers. Get it? And uh, let it... (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> and then it vibrate your fingers over the subscribe button, giving a little click there for me. Thank you. Oh, Thank dear. you very much. Oh, anyway, dear. let's talk Formula One. So, yeah, Sebi Vet is uh, he's not going to be in red anymore by the sound of it. Um, I'm pretty shocked to start off with. I think the whole F1 community is shocked. I think the fact that that came out as news across the uh, F1 sphere, we were all a bit flabbergasted. Um, I'm still generally a little bit confused as to what's going on with everything. But it's currently looking like Carlos Sainz is going to be leaving McLaren to go to Ferrari. Daniel Ricciardo could go from Renault to McLaren. They've wanted him for a while. Then that leaves a Renault seat open. Does that mean Seb goes there? Does that mean Alonso fills in there? Fat Nando, as we like to now call him. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, where is he going out? This is really, really difficult because... I actually can't see any really viable options for for Sevi Vet unless he's willing to take a step away from winning races and 
I think that's part of what he wanted at Ferrari. He wanted a championship winning car where he led the team, he built the team, and he gave them something really powerful to follow up on. He's obviously not going to go back to Red Bull. I can't see that happening. They seem pretty happy with Albon and Verstappen. And that would be moving Albon back a seat and then they lose another key driver. So can't see that happening. Does Vettel go to Renault or McLaren? They're realistically the only two seats that I think he could pick up if there's almost a driver swap between Sainz and Vettel or uh, Ricardo moving into one of those open seats. McLaren's an option. And this is the reason why I think Sainz is silly to leave uh, McLaren for Ferrari. I think Sainz is in a team that have got uh, Seidel. They've been put back together really nicely. They've got great investment. They've just started a relationship with McLaren Mercedes and they're ditching the Renault engines, which have not proven to be brilliantly good. The Honda's now caught up to it. Um, realistically, if you give McLaren two or three years more consistent development and you have a partnership like Lando Norris and Sainz, maybe Vettel or Ricardo, you've got race-winning capabilities there. You've got a real pedigree in your team. And I think if they can continue that aero development, they could be a championship contender in the next four to five years. I think they've got more of a chance of being a championship contender than Renault. And that's why I don't think Vettel should make the appearance in uh, the black and yellow, black and yellow, uh, obviously one of his hit singles that he produced. Um, and that kind of interests me because that obviously brings up the option whether Fernando Alonso steps back into Renault, which he's been teasing over on Twitter, if you haven't seen. It's all a bit of banter from Nando. We know he loves it. He's brought out the uh, the level five spicy Nando's banter. Um, I, I, uh, I love it. He's stirring that part and I absolutely love to see it. But I don't think he's going to come back. I reckon currently it's going to be a straight swap between Vettel and Sainz. And that to me is the most realistic option um, for Vettel to go back to McLaren. They're a team that are on the up. They're improving. They have so much investment. They've got the money to pay his wages. He would be a first driver over Lando because of his pedigree, his abilities, helped to grow the car. It would be a steal McLaren to get a four-time world champion back in the car. Um, I'd like to see him there. I think it would be fun to see him battling out in the midfield. Um, yeah, it, it would shock me if he goes anywhere else other than McLaren. Renault at a real, real push, but I can't see it happening unless somewhere out of the woodwork, Giovinazzi ends up in that Ferrari seat. Oh, Giovinazzi, as Ben likes to say. And um, we have a Kimi Reichen and Sebastian Vettel reunion at Alfa Romeo, which I just don't see happening. So. I don't know where Vettel realistically goes. McLaren for me is the best bet. I wouldn't be shocked if we see him going somewhere outside of Formula One, though. Interesting. Um, Harry, what was your initial reaction to the news? Well, I saw the initial report uh, at like midnight or something on, on Monday night. And I was like, oh, damn. And then I went to sleep. That was my first. That's what happened first. You were that um, shocked, were you? Oh, yeah, well, you know, you, you try not to believe everything to see it for, for real. But it was. And I woke up and it was real. It wasn't a dream. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, part of me thought he might stay on for another year or so. But um, reading his reading his statement and reading Ferrari's statement, it, it makes sense for him not to stay because he was going to have to play second fiddle and... That he's, we've already discussed on a separate video his time at Ferrari. But however you look at that, he is still a four-time world champion, and a four-time world champion, no matter what stage of their career they're in, shouldn't have to play second fiddle to the to the young upstart of Charles Leclerc. No matter how much we love Charles Leclerc, um, so yeah, it, it, it makes sense. 
Um, but yeah, the 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 next thing is what? Where does he go? What's he going to do next? Um, I personally think he'll he may call it a day. I think he may he might do a, a Jensen Button and say he's just going to go on a break, which then or or Mika Hakkinen and go on a sabbatical, which may then turn into just a full blown retirement. Um, you know, we all know he's a family man, pretty private about his his personal life. Maybe he, you know, he's been he's been at home for the past couple of months under lockdown and realizes actually, God, it's quite nice. I don't have to get up, don't have to go around the world. I can just stay at home and fix my bike and look after my kids. So, um, yeah, that's a uh, that's what I think will probably happen. I don't see, I don't see him signing with McLaren, and it would be a, a, a steal for McLaren. I guess that's a bit rude on McLaren. Really, they are McLaren still, but um. To get a four-time world champ back in their seat after you know after they lost Alonso would be a good signing. But for the future, do they want to sign someone who may not be around for much longer? I don't know. So my gut feeling is I don't want Seb to leave, but I think he probably will be leaving. So I mean, my initial reaction was was not necessarily shock. I was a little surprised it came at this time, um, but I'm not surprised that it's happened. Um, I would have liked to have seen Vettel and Ferrari arrange something. I, I think in an ideal world, Ferrari would have wanted him back. Um, but it was always going to be a difficult negotiation because Sebastian Vettel signed his last contract for a lot of money and to be the number one driver. And I'm pretty sure in the negotiation, and we can't tell exactly what went on and what was important to Sebastian Vettel. But those two things, it's very likely Vettel was going to have to compromise on at least one of them, probably two of them, um, which might have been the nail in the coffin, really. Um, and it, it's a it's a mixture of some 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 of his dodgy performances over the last few years, Sebastian Vettel, and also the emergence of Charles Leclerc. Um, suddenly, someone has put uh, put a claim in for the number one driver who isn't Vettel, which puts that under question. Um, and you know, as his status isn't as important in the team when there is a very good second driver next to him, um, his his money's going to go down. Um, he was getting paid the money that they would want for him to be a world champion. And for reasons um, both related to Vettel's performances and also Ferrari's shortcomings in terms of strategy, um, the world championship never came for him. I, I, was, um, I, and I was sad because I, I really wanted to see Sebastian Vettel succeed at Ferrari and, and win that championship. Um, if he still does in 2020, we don't know. But um, if it does end up with no titles, it, it will be a disappointment. He, he went there trying to emulate Schumacher um, and to, to leave with no championships would be devastating. To look at what might happen next for Sebastian Vettel, I think the options you've laid out are probably the um, the most realistic ones on the F1 grid. Um, I, I was surprised. I expected a return to Red Bull to be a bit more on the lips of people. I don't know about you guys. I, I'm not saying it sh- it's going to happen or there was any 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 prospect of it happening. Um, but I did at least expect some rumours at this stage, and it seems as if they've all revolved around McLaren and Renault. Um, in in terms of the in terms of the McLaren seat, um, the one concern I have there is that McLaren who. Um, we're in a tough situation for many years. Um, they've started to make progress. Um, and I'm not saying it's a direct cause, but it is at least involved in it. Um, 
Alonso, someone who had a lot of control over the team, no longer driving for them, do they put Sebastian Vettel in the car? I'm not saying Vettel will come in with the same approach as Alonso, but he is a big-time name. Does Vettel come in wanting number one status? Does he start to become that Alonso figure that, that kind of got them down this rabbit hole in the first place? I don't know whether there will be reservations there. Um, and maybe he would have a bit more control um, at Renault. But at the same time with Renault, they, they went backwards in 2019. They'd have to give a pretty good pitch to Vettel that that was a very one-off year and isn't going to be a trend. Um, and they're going to get back on the horse in 2020 going forward. Um, I don't think either is a, a brilliant prospect. I, I, I think from Vettel's perspective, um, he was kind of involved in bringing Red Bull up from a midfield team to a front runner. Um, you know, 2009, they didn't win the championship, but I think the job was mostly completed. If he can go to a team like McLaren um, and oversee uh, a return to the top of the grid and, and be a part of that resurgence, that it, that does really good for his legacy in Formula One. So there might be some appeal in that. And we know like, uh, like Kimi Raikkonen, for example, um, I don't think he's going to be disappointed at the lack of spotlight um, as he goes away from Ferrari and the Italian media. Um, I think he might quite enjoy getting involved in some upper midfield scraps. He, he is a pure racer, so um, I could see I could see a few of those happening. Um, in terms of retirement, as you kind of touched on, Harry, um, he is a family man. We know that he keeps his private life private. Um, I. T- the thing is, and I, I compare this to Nico Rosberg's retirement because Rosberg cited family reasons when he left. Um, and I believe that, that those were genuine and that's why he did. Um, but he's gone on to do so many other things that I just don't think Vettel's going to be interested in. You know, uh, Rosberg, I guess you could call him a ecopreneur as much as I hate that term. Um, he's set up his own no. YouTube channel. He's, he's doing... <laughs> He's doing media um, for Sky Sports. I don't think Vettel will have any interest in any of that. So I'm not really sure what he would do with his time. And I think he would actually, I think he would get the racing bug again. So I could see, um, I could see a sabbatical in Vettel's future. I could see him going away to do other motorsports that perhaps don't have the strenuous uh, uh, calendar like F1 does. I would also love to see uh, Semi Vett go into some form of team management. Um, I would love a shocking announcement that Toto Wolff has signed Sebastian Vettel in a couple of years' time to be like um, vice team principal of their Formula E team or something like that. That would be a fantastic and crazy turn. But realistically, I think if he stays in Formula 1, McLaren is probably his closest bet. If he doesn't, I don't think he ever comes back to Formula 1. So, I mean, I, I think he's got three options and we've kind of looked two of them quite closely. One of them is to stay in F1. Um, and one of them is to retire just flat out. The other one is that he could go into another form of motorsport. Harry, of all the of all the championships, is there one that you look at and think that seems like something Vettel would do? Uh, the most uh, it has to be IndyCar, I think. Although I just don't think I could see him, and I think he's probably said it before. I don't think he has any interest in ovals. But that being said, Max Chilton doesn't do any ovals. And he's a, a legend. Um, <laughs> so I, I could see him going to do IndyCar, like just the same as Alonso, uh, well, is sort of doing, is considering, um, just because uh, we know Vettel's a bit more old school when it comes to 
his racing cars, he you know he likes them louder. And I know the IndyCar has only got a V6, but it's probably still a bit louder than an F1 car. But it's it's pretty simple. It's uh, down to the driver. Um, it's yeah, nowhere near as complicated as an F1 car. So I could see him going to do that. I would have I would have said DTM, but that looks like it's going down the crapper. So I won't say that. Um, yeah, so I'll I'll go with IndyCar for now. I can't think of any other ones at the moment. I I can. He's obviously going to drive a Volvo in BTCC. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, how could I forget British touring car? Yeah, absolutely, him and Jason Plater going toe to toe around Brands Hatch. Or I think he. I think he'd actually love it though if he did go and do it. I think <laughs> he probably he'd have would. a whale of a time. Nigel Mansell did it, so it's not unheard of. Janessa Juniors. <laughs> Guaranteed. Put, yeah. put your money where your mouth is. Get to honestly put put money on it. It will happen. What Seb and Janetta Juniors? <laughs> Guarantee it. Okay. <laughs> this is becoming very preposterous. Very quick. Um, do, do you see any endurance racing in his future? I would love to see uh, Seb in endurance racing. There's a new hypercar class coming, in, of course, who's scrapped LMP1. There's a lot of brands looking at this. I Mercedes are one of the brands that are looking at it as well. There's a lot of EV prospects going in there. You've got to use a lot of hybrid technology. So they'll be trying to advance their road car technology. And BMW are looking at it as well. Uh, Toyota, um, you know, Honda. They're all, they're all looking at these new developments in this new hypercar forum. I think that's the closest you're going to get to endurance at the moment. And he is a big name. He will draw in a lot of sponsors. And you know he's got the talent. It would shock me if Mercedes or BMW with that obviously German link that they have there don't possibly send him a cheeky text message going, all right, Sevy Vet babes, fancy doing 24 hours round one track with us. I reckon you'll like it. What, the text or the actual prospect of the race? He'll vomit over the text. No, I think both. I mean, if you don't like the text, you don't like the race, right? If he's referred to as Sebi Vets by someone trying to get his services, I don't see No, Sebi Vet babes. Oh yeah, sorry. I mean, the babe, semi vet by itself probably does the deal, but putting babes at the end. I mean, SVB, it's got her into it. <laughs> Arguable. Um, oh, I, yeah, I think um, yeah, DTM definitely would have been something I would have said about a year ago, or even you know six weeks ago. But um, <laughs> what happens with DTM, we're not sure. If, if they manage to salvage it, maybe that's a prospect. Um, IndyCar, I'd love to see him in IndyCar. I'd absolutely love to see that happen, whether it would, um, like you say, the ovals is a bit of a question mark. Um, and I, I would maybe say endurance racing was the, the most uh, likely option out of those. And the only other one I can I can think of is Formula E, but I just, I don't see that no. happening. No, I, don't, I don't think there's any chance he does that. I think we just need a moment to acknowledge the loss of Sebastian Vettel at Ferrari. If you miss Sebastian Vettel at Ferrari, then please call five. His race. It's number. been one day. <laughs> <laughs> Let us mourn. No. I really miss him. To be fair, I am going to. Re- if he doesn't come back to F1, I'm genuinely going to miss Sebastian Vettel. I mean, I mean if it been, is his final year. It's been one day since Vettel's gone. We have never had. Um, one about Nick Heidfeld not being in F1 anymore, and that's been nearly a decade. Until now. Heart. He oh, drives yeah. on in my soul. Quick, Nick will never leave us. I have a tree outside just oh, for him. I sit under it. 
don't even like him. Nick Heidfeld? I'm joking. Loves Nick I'm joking. Heidfeld. Who does who doesn't love Nick Heidfeld? Quick Nick Heidfeld's a legend. <laughs> anyway. I feel like we've gone off topic here. No, actually, we've gone on topic because the next thing we're going to be speaking about is the most influential people in F1 history. And I think Nick Heidfeld probably leads that list. So with that in mind, Sam, do you have a, do you have a name in mind? We, we've seen the poll that's happened today, the final of the bracket that F1 have done. Michael Schumacher won their tournament uh, against Bernie Ecclestone in the final. Do you have a name in mind? Funny enough, I think Bernie Eccleston should have beaten Michael Schumacher. Um, I think Michael Schumacher is by far the most famous name in Formula 1. 100%. You know, one of the, the most elite of all time. He obviously holds all the records. He's a, a hero of all three of us from our childhood. We adore that man. Don't get me wrong. But do I think he's the most influential? No. I don't think he's been gone from the sport long enough to realistically be influential. And he only became so prolific in his time in Formula 1 in his last four to five years here anyway before he kind of dipped out and obviously came back to Mercedes for a little bit. But, you know, while he was at his prime, it was the last few years he was in the sport. And I don't think, you know, he had the time to really become influential yet. I think the likes of, of Senna and I think Eccleston are above him. I think Lauda is more influential. I think Sterling Moss is more influential at the moment than, um, than Schumacher. Um, Stewart, I think, is up there because their ability to change the safety of the sport, the advocacy they put up for what happens in and around the sport, how Eccleston shaped what happens in Formula 1 and and the things that he did to certain teams. You know, we, we had that case even recently before he sold the, the sport to Liberty where he fell out with Mercedes and it was like Mercedes just words a team in one race. They didn't appear on the camera once. They literally weren't there because he clicked his fingers and said, don't put them on the camera because I don't want them to be on the camera. That's pretty I influential. Think, I mean, I mean, come on. You, you dictated what happened that hundreds of millions across the world saw. Schumacher, yeah, he's an influential man. He's incredibly famous. He's so talented and we adore him. But I do not think he matches up close to the likes of Eccleston's influential nature of Formula 1. And I think Eccleston is top. I think Senna is second. Louder Stewart, you know, Moss are all there kind of grouped together. Um, I think Schumacher's high up their list. Obviously, you don't become a seven-time world champion without being on that list. But I don't think he's in the top five. I don't think he's almost maybe in the top ten. But he's up there. He's a strong name, yeah. But no, for me, I think Eccleston does actually take it. I think that was a very good vote by the uh, the F1 fan base. But um, unfortunately, let it slide at the final hurdle. Um, I mean, Bernie Ecclestone, sorry, Michael Schumacher, um, beat Enzo Ferrari to get to the final and the semi-finals. Do you, would you put him in amongst that list, Sam? I mean, Eccleston is so influential, Ben, that you started off your sentence there by saying his name instead of Schumacher's by accident. It's well, a curse. Um, <laughs> um, Enzo, yeah, obviously, he, he's got a real legacy. He's got a real history. I think, unfortunately, for old our old boy Enzo, because of how long ago he was involved in Formula One, the majority of the generation that he would have influenced and the majority of the sport that he would have influenced is now so gone that it doesn't have the same impact that he maybe would have had um, all those years ago. So, yeah, he's up there. He's obviously going to be forever a massive name in the sport and in motor racing and in Ferrari's history. But I, I, I think in the modern genre of racing, it's close, but I think it's fair that Schumacher goes in front of him. 
Uh, and I want your thoughts on one other name, actually, Sam. It's a bit left field, I guess, compared to these drivers and guys who were directly involved in the, uh, the running of Formula One, so to speak. But Murray Walker. For me, personally, Murray Walker made me fall in love with Formula One. I don't know if that means he's the most influential person, but as someone who's impacted my life growing up, that voice resonates above all others. You know, you've got famous voices, Morgan Freeman, David Attenborough. Murray Walker is is that voice. And it astounds me how many memories I have linked to Murray Walker screaming nonsense down uh, a straight or around a track. And it's a lot of where I get my silliness from is Murray Walker's pandering behavior on the on the commentator's booth. For me, yeah, okay. He is incredibly influential, but across the all of sport and for all people, I don't think so because it doesn't take into the fact of the rest of the speaking world that isn't British speaking or isn't British viewing uh, that may not have watched it through that one outlet. So maybe for, for England for or for British speaking nations that got to view that broadcaster, Yes, for me, 100%, but for the whole world across all of history, top 10, but I don't think he can make the top. Uh, Brilliant. Uh, And actually, I just want to say to F1 themselves, this is directed at F1. Um, So I know you're listening, F. Oh, my God. If I can call you F. Um, F. (laughs) Mr. One. (laughs) (laughs) How could you not put Charlie Whiting on the 32 people that got on that list. You put Helmut Marco on that list and you did not put Charlie Whiting. That is absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, enough of that. Harry, have you got a name you think is the most influential? Do you think it's Bernie? Uh, I feel like it's a very difficult. You can't pin it down to one person. Um, I agree with all the people that have been in that top three. Murray or top four with Murray as well if you include him um, and I agree with you Ben about Charlie Whiting I can't believe that I didn't know he wasn't on the list I'm pretty Disgusting. sure he wasn't god damn it um, the one name that sprung to my mind was um, Professor Sid Watkins the late mm. Professor Sid Watkins um, yeah. yeah for a man a man who wasn't involved in this excuse me necessarily running the sport or he wasn't a driver or a team owner, but he was he was the doc or the prof. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of drivers owe their life to him. Mika Hakkinen being one of them. Berger, I think, as well. Um, yeah, so I, he's definitely got to be thrown in that list, I think, because it, you know the safety of F one. He joined in the seventies when you know people were still being killed pretty often, um, and we you know lots of you know drivers like Jackie Stewart etc have done lots for safety but um Sid Watkins may be the one at the top of that list so um yeah he's definitely got to get, get a mention Bernie yeah in terms of if if you say power is influence if you're saying that's the same thing then yes he's he's almost certainly the, the top of that list I think because he had all the power and made people race and not race etc he put he basically basically bankrupt Donington, so Silverton was signed a deal. So that's he's almost like the devil, basically, but in a nice way. <laughs> almost like the devil in a nice way. A perfect description of Bernie Ecclestone. Um, it says a lot actually about Sid Watkins that if you hadn't mentioned him um, in your answer, Harry, I was actually going to ask you um, 
do you think Sidney mm. could have done there? Um, instead, I'll, I'll throw another name to you. Um, not an area that we've really spoken about yet in terms of design. Does Adrian Newey deserve uh, deserve a place up there? Yeah, <laughs> he he has to, doesn't he? But then if you start throwing designers in, you probably have to put. I have to put Ross Braun in. I might have to put uh, what's it called Rory Byrne, Gordon Murray. He'd have to go in there as well. But I guess if you're going to go over the length, the length of time that Adrian's been in F1 and the amount of good cars he's designed, you know, he's been to three different teams and he's made championship winning cars in all of them. So, um, yeah, look, he's 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 another legend of of F1. Is undoubtedly that's why it's such a hard hard question because. There's such so many different areas of F1 where different people have influence. So um, yeah, but he's he's in he's in there in the mix for sure. Yeah, it says a lot that we've been discussing this for for so long, and then that there are many drivers, many team bosses that we haven't mentioned. You know, Colin Chapman. You, you mentioned John Tott. We, I don't think has been said yet, um, and plenty of others as well. Um, there have been in the seventy years such an influence from so many people. Um, I'm actually going to go with Jackie Stewart on this one because um, the absolute influence that he had on safety in the late 60s and early 70s has paved the way for so much since that point. Um, and I think the F1 drivers of today, the F1 drivers of 10 years ago, 20 years ago, can um, can thank Jackie Stewart. They should thank Jackie Stewart regularly whenever, whenever they see him because I really do believe that, that some of the actions he had with the influence he had as a world champion back in that time um, I, I think he managed to he managed to transform safety at circuits just from the influence of what he was able to do. Um, you look at old videos of, of how F1 drivers, the respect that they had of his opinion um, and how he would go to bat for them, um, even though it, in most instances it didn't serve him well. Um, and he, he truly believed that, that safety, more had to be done about it. Um, and he stood up for what he believed in in that respect. Um, just want to refer to something that happened to Jackie Stewart himself back in uh, in 1966. It was at Spa, and um, he um, he fell off the track. Uh, heavy rain. I think it was about 160 miles an hour. He, he goes into a telephone pole and a shed, uh, which is very 60s F1. Um, and he was unable to escape his car. He had fellow drivers, I think Graham Hill included, managed to rescue him out of there. No doctors at the track. No medical facilities at the track. Stuart was put in the bed of a, a pickup truck um, until an ambulance arrived. Um, he was taken to the first aid center, first of all, um, and he waited on a stretcher, placed on the floor, which was cigarette ends, rubbish all over the place. And I believe they got lost on the way to the hospital, um, it, which is just incredible when you think that that was about 55 years ago. Um, you wouldn't even think of something to be like that. Um, happening today. Um, Jackie Stewart himself took part in plenty of boycotts in the early 70s. Um, the last race, which had no arm co, took place in his time in F1. Um, and, you know, there were fellow drivers, there were press members, um, and probably most of all, there were circuit organisers who really hated what Jackie Stewart was doing because it was costing the circuit owners a lot of money. Um, and plenty of members of the press and plenty of F1 drivers believed that he was taking the DNA out of F1 by making it less dangerous. Um, he took criticism from all sides, stood up to it all, didn't care, stood up for what he believed in and managed to make significant change. And for that reason, I'm going with Stuart. 
really interesting debate. Um, obviously, love to know what those listening think. Uh, get in contact with us on Twitter at L Breaking. Just have a chat with us. Who's your most influential person? Do you think it is Schumacher or, or you know, one of the many other names that we've mentioned? Or is there someone we haven't come up with? It's really interesting to know who's affected you and uh, why you think they're so influential. Ugh, I forgot Tarso Marquez. Oh, I knew there was one or two thing. <laughs> and Taki Anui. <laughs> Did you see Taki's tweet about social distancing? No, but I'm going to have a look. Now. Taki basically said he is the king of social distancing because he was always a lap behind everyone else. <laughs> I was going to say, is he, is he so far in front of all the com- competition? Oh, yeah. yeah. Social so, uh, distance. I was always used to it to do, used to do it during a race more than a lap behind. <laughs> oh, Tacky. That, that seriously got me. So well done, Tacky. <laughs> he loves a self-burn. It's rare. He loves it, though. <laughs> okay. so funny. <laughs> to go on to our last segment of today, um, Harry, I don't oh. have you got a jingle lined up because I don't want to don't want to give the fans something that doesn't end up coming through. I, I do. All right. Go on, Sam. I mean, I can't sing over that. It's the Who Are You? That's good enough. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, I get a jingle for everything. I'm, I'm not a magician of words. I could sing along. Who are you? Lovely. So, um, close to that, the the name of this segment is F1 Who Am I? And it's our latest game that no one cares about that we're going to play anyway. Um, (laughs) That's my (laughs) favourite. Exactly. So, we've got uh, 10 drivers, um, and you're going to take it in turns, and you're going to have to tell me who the driver is based on the years that they spent in Formula One and the teams that they raced for. So Christ. Fairly simple. Um, so who wants to go first? Who wants the first crack? Harry I'll, can go first. I'll right. go first. All right, Harry. Name the driver. And I, everyone, please play along at home. Let us know how many you get out of 10 at L breaking, as Sam said. Harry, this driver ben. raced from 1997 to 2007 and raced for Jordan, Williams, and Toyota. Who am I? Oh, my God. Um, oh, Ralph Schumacher. The most underrated driver in history. I'm joking. Um, I do oh like that. <laughs> that is correct, though. Well done, Ralph Schumacher. Oh, thank right you. Hand. Good. I was good to hear. Well done, mate. Thanks. All right. Oh, I was clueless. Sam, your first one? Yeah. This driver raced from 2005 to 2007, and then again in 2009 to 2011. And they raced for Red Bull, Toro Rosso, Force India, and HRT. Oh, God. Red Bull, Toro Rosso, Force India, and HRT. Yes. What? <laughs> what are the years and again, what, Ben? Where, what are the years? 05 to 07. 09 to 11. Oh, God. Um, can you tell me what years they're in each car? I could, but I'm not going to. Burn. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, give me a minute. I'm thinking. Um, do, 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 do. 
it need a countdown music. Yeah, I know. Oh, this is not helping the pressure. Okay, I'm just going to take a complete guess. I'm going to get it wrong already. Um, Christian Kleon. I'm afraid not. Um, there you go. Harry, do you know who it is? Um, is it Liutzi? It is Liutzi, yeah. Oh, that was my other guess. That's so annoying. Yeah. When did he... Did he race for HRT? Oh, yeah, in 2011. Mm. Okay. All right. I need. I only knew that one because of Red Bull, really. But I didn't know he raced for Red Bull. I knew he did the others. That's what threw me off. Back to you then, Harry, for this one. Two thousand and seven to two thousand and eleven, and then twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen, racing for Spiker, Force India, and Sauber. Oh my god. Uh... Spiker, Force India, Sauber. 2007 to 11, and when 13 oh, to... Oh, I, I know who it is. 07 to 15. 14. 07 to 07 14, to... but not 2012. year out that year. I, I've got it. I think I've got it. Oh, my God. And the teams are what? Spiker, <laughs> Force India, and Sauber. Uh, Sutil? Yeah. yeah, Adrian Sutil. When did he drive for... Oh, yeah, he drove for Salva. <laughs> Is this going to happen for everyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, thought that, I thought that was quite easy. Adrian Sutil. Oh, yeah. No, that was a difficult one. All right. Okay. Sam, your next one. This yeah. driver raced from 1997 to 2000, and then again in 2005... And then again in 2007, racing for Benetton, McLaren, and Williams. What? They're like the most vague teams as well in those eras. Um, what were the years? Sorry. So 97 to 2000. Yeah. 2005, 2007. Nineteen ninety-seven to two thousand, two thousand and five. Yep. And then two thousand and seven. Yep. I think I know who it is, but I don't know who he raced for in two thousand and five. Yeah, that's that's the bit I'm struggling with. Um, and you saying that is really throwing me off. See Nick Hyde first. I I thought it was. I thought it was someone else then. Oh, I'm going to destroy. I'm sorry. Um, was it Giancarlo Fisichella? It was not. Um, oh, I'm so... Harry... Why do I know all of Harry's? I don't know mine. <laughs> Have you got a name, Harry? Is it? Is it Alex Verts? It is Alex Verts, yeah. Oh, it's my other guess again, for Christ's sake! Yeah, oh, totally the only... Oh yeah. five, he, he only he filled in for Juan Pablo Montoya when he had his uh, his tennis injury. Um, just what a Macca. 
Yeah, he he did one race and De La Rosa did the other. He got he got a podium. He got a podium at San Marino. My God, did he get? Rosa did that well. I forgot about the. Uh, I didn't know about the filling. That's what told me to not go for the guess. I need <laughs> to go for my gut. You went do, to the dentist. Got a filling. Didn't know about it though. That's the first joke you've made all screen. Oh, hang on. There you go. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Harry, your third one. 1984 to 1997. Christ. ATS. Oh, it's a, at least it's a nice, consistent time it is. frame. It is at this time, yeah. ATS, Arrows, Benetton, Ferrari, McLaren. <laughs> My God. Um... Oh, jeez. ATS, Arrows, Benetton? Yeah, Ferrari, McLaren. Ferrari, McLaren. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm annoyed again now. Do you know do you this know, one, do you, know, do you know it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. It, I, the only one I'm not sure about is the um, the ATS team. I, I think I've managed to get, all the, get yeah. the other teams. okay. ATS is a crap name for a team as well. It is. That's why I can't remember it. Oh, Gerhard Berger. Gerhard Berger. That's the one. For Christ's sake. Um, Get one wrong, Harry. That will tell you that um, Sam knew that one. Um, All right, Sam, this is your next one. 2004. Yeah. And then 2008 to 2012. Jordan... Toyota, Virgin, and Marussia. Ooh. Uh, why is this one harder than the one we just Virgin had? and Marussia oh, is a bit oh. of a bum steer. That's, just, that's the <laughs> same team, Ben. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, think that's they... just giving it away. Yeah, um, is, it Glock? Is, that, is that Glock? It, it is Glock, yes. It is Glock. <laughs> <laughs> right! All right, here we go. Harry, your next one. The, and the years are definitely spread out on this one, Sam. Um, so you might be having Thank to you. Uh, Harry, okay. 1993, 1995 yep. to 1996, 1999, and 2009. <laughs> when, and they raced for Scuderia Italia, Minardi, Forti, and Ferrari. There's only one man who There's had a career one. that crap and that's yeah. Ruddick it's Luca Badoa yeah. it is Luca Badoa well oh when you said the teams I thought it was going to be hard oh but the years, when you said the years I thought it was going to be the moment you dropped those teams in alright Scuderia Italia your penultimate one Sam yeah 1989 to 2000 oh that's nice and consistent yeah and the teams are there's a lot of them Benetton, Tyrrell, Lotus, Ligier, Sauber, Stewart, and Jaguar. Hold on, hold on. Benetton, Tyrrell, Lotus, Ligier, what was next? Sauber, Stewart, and Jaguar. Oh, God. (laughs) That's a lot of teams. It is a lot of teams, yeah. I feel like I'm 
feel like we need we should have thought something to fill the voids of thinking. Mm. I mean, yeah, just play that on repeat. I've actually after the second question, I got a notepad out to write down the teams just so I can keep an eye on them. Right <laughs> um. Oh, it's only got to be one man. If I'm wrong, this is very embarrassing, but. Johnny Herbert takes the lead. Johnny Herbert, that's the one. Johnny Herbert, lead. Johnny <laughs> Herbert, what a lad. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, on, All right. Harry, your last one. And this is a chance to go five for five as well. So Impressive stuff. Uh, this one is 2000 to 2011. Um, and they raced for Prost, Sauber, Jordan, Williams and Renault. Uh, 2000, 2011. Um, is it? Wait, was the what was the first team? Prost. Prost. Is it Quick Nick? It is Quick Nick Heidfeld for five nice. out of five. Nicely done. Nice, well done. Are they drew for Lotus. Were they? Re- were they still Renault then? Or they Renault Lotus? Oh, I don't know. I think they were Renault. Oh, well, I hope they were Renault anyway. Just about. I mean, you got it. Well done, sir. Yeah. Good trick. Thanks. Um, and Sam, your last one is from 1980 to 1991. Yeah. And then again okay. in 93. And this person raced for McLaren, Renault, Ferrari and Williams. Oh. Oh, big names. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really help me. Sorry. Um uh, Love. I mean it's there <laughs> the games are so big, there has to be a big driver. And I'm gonna really embarrass myself. Do you mean in height? <laughs> I'll give you a clue, it is a big driver. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking Prost. It is, but yeah. oh, good, well, thank God! Oh, if I could get bloody Luca Badoa, I was hoping I could get Prost. It's, it's one big of those where you're very confident, but if you get it wrong, yeah, you, it, that was it. Good, that, so. The first game with Prost, and I thought it's not going to be, is it? But no, that's good. All right, I'm, I'm happy. I got a few in the end. No, you got you got three out of five, so it's a solid effort. But um, and collectively, you did very well. But Harry, five out of five, well done. Well, well done, mate. Well done. Thank you. A, a, a big driver, but a little man was a yes. Frost. I think isn't that what I am? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it. I'm, I'm quite sure, everyone. <laughs> and on the iconic <laughs> phrase, uh, "a big driver, but a little man," I can't think of any better way to finish off the podcast. So, Sam, if you would do the honours uh, and get us out of here. Well, folks, if you've enjoyed what has been a rather up and down style podcast, interesting debate, a bit of a fun quiz, then please subscribe to the podcast, share it with the people you know. It really means a lot to us. Uh, We'll be back again uh, very soon next week. And uh, we've got a little surprise maybe in store for our 50th ever podcast. So, uh, so, uh, you know, stick sheet. We will reveal all very much closer to the time. But uh, it's big. Oh, it's big. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Say. I've been Ben Hawking. And I've been Mauricio Guzman. <laughs> and remember, you beautiful Brazilian man, keep breaking late. <laughs>